Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Digital Broker, the podcast where we discuss agency operations, employee engagement, technological adoption, and all other kinds of stuff that make your agency a cool place to work and a cool place to work with. Big shout out to Indio, www.useindio.com. Awesome product that takes uh, helps you collect data from a multitude of places, put it into one spot, decreases friction in your team, makes you efficient, and is a true differentiator without you having to stand up and say, hey, look at me, we're different. If you don't know them, you should check them out and use indio.com. Today, I'm excited. I've got my buddy, Brian Comerford. He and I have been in the game together for longer than either of us like to admit. He is uh, uh, currently, he works at Vertifor, and he also leads, uh, has a podcast called lead.exe. And I thought today would be a cool time to talk about, you know, the things that he's seen in leadership under crisis and what are the things that the, the different traits that leaders have and all that. And we were talking about um, some political stuff earlier and we think we're going to stay away from that but welcome brian how are you my brother <laughs> thanks ryan really appreciate you having me it's uh it's an honor to be on your podcast uh which i love by the way and have loved ever since its inception uh in fact i have to give you credit uh it's it's one of those things that uh inspired me along the way so when nick lozano i have to give a shout out to him uh who's my uh partner and co-host uh, for lead.exe when he approached me with the concept of, of doing a podcast. It was, uh, it was an easy uh, transition after uh, knowing all the great quality uh, work that you'd already put out there with the digital broker. So thanks so much for having me on. It's a real honor. Appreciate that, man. And if you guys don't know Nick or Brian, you guys should. Brian and I have known each other. He was in the agency space uh, for many, many years. And at one of the first conferences I ever went to, I think he and I had met and we'd just have known each other for about 15 years. And uh, over the last couple, when I've been with Assurex, we've been able to get a lot closer, a lot tighter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, we were able to commiserate early on, uh, you know, I think just about shared challenges across the industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you and I are, are very like-minded in terms of uh, having that entrepreneurial mindset uh, about, you know, how can we evolve things? How can we use technology and process to leverage improvements, uh, you know, that really end up being game changers for the industry? Uh, I think both of us have seen many opportunities along the way. And, you know, I sometimes joke that when I came into the industry, you know, over a decade and a half ago, uh, you know, the first indicator for me coming from software, coming from, you know, web application development, um, which was, you know, about as cutting edge as, as it could go <laughs> at that time right. period. And then coming in and working with things like access databases, I mean, it was really taking a step back in time. And I, I would joke that uh, when I entered into the industry, there was nothing to do but innovate. And that has never changed. We're still yeah. in that same place today. <laughs> no doubt. And I mean, and I think that it's been interesting because, you know, I think that I've talked about this a few times, but I, I really do believe COVID has moved us forward pretty substantially from an, uh, from an adoption and innovation standpoint. You know, it's taken firms that have been on the bubble about doing remote and doing different things and it's forced them to kind of make that transition. And they didn't get banged up by it. They, they, you know, nobody, they didn't fall down and, you know, everything still works. And so I think that, 
you know, coming out of that, I think that we are in a much more nimble spot if the leadership is is right there and and you know when you and i are kicking around coming on i i I keep coming back to that is how much of an agency's ability to deal with crisis learn from crisis and move forward after crisis comes back to core leadership qualities and i mean you know I, i i i just think it's you know when you're looking at that when you when you think about the leader that excels in that time and, and can carry that forward, what do you think those core traits are? What do you think a few of those are? Sure. Um, I think, you know, I've been reflecting on this uh, quite a bit as I'm sure you have, you know, it's impossible not to with uh, the challenges that we've been going through. And for those of us who either lead teams or lead uh, thought leadership you know, programming such as this podcast, uh, it's it's the kind of thing that you're constantly turning over in your mind, right? I was thinking about uh, what I would quote super EQ, right? Super EQ is, it's, we've talked a lot about emotional intelligence and leadership. Sure. I know I've had those conversations with you for years, um, particularly in the technology space. It tends not to be the trait that is the most common uh, with folks who are great engineers. Um, but, uh, you know, having that self-awareness about how you present, uh, how you maintain, you know, your emotional cool, uh, how you are able to read your audience and interpret, you know, where are they able, you know, when, where are they positioned currently with all the information coming at them? And, and where do you need to sort of tip your hand in making sure that maybe you're over communicating on some things? Uh, and, you know, communicating regularly enough that, you know, people are feeling comfortable and they feel like there's that inherent trust in your leadership from the outset. So, you know, as I've thought about what's kind of the key trait from, you know, the very top perspective, uh, I would say that it's, it's that super EQ. It's really being able to dial into your own self-awareness and understand how is that now going to translate to the people that I have to lead through crisis. Because if, if you're slipping on that, um, you know, part of the thing that I think ends up being, uh, you know, uh, unintended uh, fallout is that now you're contributing to being part of the crisis yourself, right? Sure, um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that hinders communication, I think acceptance of fallibility and I, and I think because of that comes into that whole emotional intelligence and introspection, right? Because from my perspective, all I know is the things that I've experienced up to this point, right? And if somebody comes into my realm and totally shows me a different way to look at agency data, just because I've looked at it this way, I mean, I, I need to be open enough. I need to, 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 to understand that maybe the things that, that got me to this place are not going to be the things that get me to the next place, you know, and, and be able to kind of understand that, that knowledge is transitive. Well, and the, there's a you know, key distinction, I think, between having conviction and being inflexible. And I think that's part of what you're touching on there. For sure. um, I think it's really critical right now for leaders to clearly demonstrate 
that they've got conviction, um, but also demonstrate that they've got the ability to be nimble and pivot, act on information quickly, you know, reset direction based on incoming changes of information. Because there's a lot. I mean, you and I have seen it so every much. day. There is new information that contributes to a need to course correct on something. So, you know, to me, you know, the best leaders are able to quickly process uh, the information that's available to them, understand where the priorities are. Uh, you know, I think part of what you touched on also is um, being a leader doesn't mean you have to take action in a vacuum, right? You appoint key decision makers, but you also communicate who they are. You, you have to give people a role to participate in the crisis. And part of it is, uh, you know, I think of uh, Shackleton uh, with the Antarctic expedition. Uh, you know, I remember the criticality uh, that he talked about in his diary about assigning routine tasks, right? So for a sailor who would typically swab the decks, that's probably not a critical task when your ship is frozen in an iceberg. But what was critical and what he recognized was critical was maintaining the routine sure. so that everyone had a role to perform. And then those roles were openly communicated so expectations were clearly established ultimately you know it's it's the leadership that attracted me to making the change that i did at the time coming over from the broker space to vertifor and i say that having been acquainted with our ceo previously from some of her own uh, tech entrepreneurship uh, but also you know someone like bj shaknowski who leads up our sales and marketing division you know he he comes from a military background as does Darren Yeomans, who, you know, recruited me, uh, you know, part of what that means is, you know, they uh, have been trained from the outset in crisis management, right? Because when, when you deploy uh, in a, uh, you know, military context, chances are you're not going someplace where things are stable. Right. right. <laughs> so, right. Um, you know, you, you end up uh, having to have those performance measures that you're talking about um, clearly set in mind, as well as the role definitions so that you can reliably deliver. Right. And you get into the field, you're dealing with a lot of chaotic elements. Um, you know, part of that is being able to, uh, you know, adapt very quickly um, and also decide what not to do. Right. What are the things that we need to make sure we're filtering out of scope right now? Today might not be the right time to set something as uh, you know granular as KPIs, but you've got to have some kind of measurement of what are the success factors that we're driving towards, and then what are those things that we need sh to make sure we keep out of scope so that we can stay right, right, like, focused. Yeah, because that's the problem, right? I mean, what we see happen a lot is let's go do X project then we get six months into X project and now we're going to change X project to Y project. They do that three times and they come back and say, yeah, oh, you never finish a project. <laughs> I mean, that's legitimate, right? I mean, that happens. Oh, yeah. That's why there's a term called scope creep, right? <laughs> right. Right. And so, no, I, I mean, I, I, I think that, so, you know, when you're thinking about that, the, the uh, being able, that emotional intelligence, that, 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 a, that ability to to understand the needs of and how to communicate effectively right I and mean, that's when, when i think about emotional intelligence from a tactical standpoint that's really what we're talking about we're talking about the ability to communicate at multiple levels with individuals and i can scale my conversation based on the needs that i perceive that, that person has right oh, yeah 
Yeah, I love it. Well, it, you know, and I think being able to make intelligent trade-offs along the way, right? Absolute, I mean, that's absolutely that, that. That's part of how you have the conversation that avoids scope creep. Right. right. You, uh, you start to talk about, you know, okay, what are those things? What are the features that are key? <laughs> what are those things that we might be able to live without? And, right. you know, here are the things that we might have to sideline based on these new changes. You know, again, to me, that's that, uh, you know, really being agile or nimble and, and being able to assess new incoming information quickly and be able to adapt based on, a, you know, a fresh assessment of that new information. Well, I thought that was a cool thing you said, you know, making decisions based on the data that you have at hand with a recognition of, which is key, right? I mean, because you're never going to have all the data and even if you do something that's overwhelming, but if I can get X percentage of data and I know it's X percentage of data, then I can start to make some kind of educated assumptions based on, you know, what that data is and what I know that it, it kind of quantifies from a, you know, if I've got one agency's invoice, it's hard to do anything with, but if I've got 35% of their invoices, I can make some, I can make some logical assumptions about what I may see in the other 75, other 65%, you know? That's right. And so uh, an, a, a, CEO and a leader that can take the data that's available, understand what that is, what it represents, and then making decisions around that quickly is an extremely important trait, I think. It, it is. And uh, so, you know, I'm a NASA nerd. I don't know if you knew that about me, Ryan, but, you know, we just had, uh, at the time of this recording, you know, we're just a few weeks past the Apollo 13 uh, 50-year anniversary. And, you know, you want to talk about crisis management. That is time constrained. Uh, you know, right. real people's lives were at stake, and you know, as they're hurtling away from the Earth and a machine that's out of control, uh, and you know, mission control is filled with all these brilliant minds, but they're all dealing with little pieces of information right. that were very specific to these, uh, you know, very to, that, to those systems. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And all of that had to get cobbled together somehow so that there was a cohesive understanding, right? Like the first and, dashboard. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so, you know, again, part of how I would characterize that is whatever playbook you've got today, throw it out the window, right? It's, it's time to completely uh, review and reassess. And I, I think that's, you know, for the organization that I'm with today, that's part of how Vertifor has been able to pivot very quickly and understand here are the capabilities that are the most important uh, to put uh, in the hands of our clients to empower them with the clients that they serve. Um, and similarly, I think, you know, it's part of what Gene Kranz did so effectively with Apollo 13, right? It was a, you know, here's what the mission is, and then suddenly the mission has changed. So whatever playbook you had that everyone had been training around for the many months leading up to that, it's absolutely useless because now we have a completely different mission that was unplanned for, and we need to gather as much information together as quickly as possible to develop a new plan of attack. Part of uh, what I've heard a lot of, you know, recently uh, in terms of recommendations, whether they're coming from other podcasts or, you know, similar leadership forums, you know, is, is the need to have a great business continuity and disaster recovery plan. And I don't dismiss that at all. But again, 
you know, how many of those plans have been developed with a crisis that is a, a total crisis in the way that what we've been dealing with with COVID is, right? Most of these are based around, we've got an office that's lost power, or we've got a server, you know, that uh, has become corrupted and we lost all the data. And now you've got, you know, recovery scenarios based around that. It's not everything is suddenly jacked up <laughs> and we've got to revision, you know, how this entire thing is going to unfold. I'm excited for those leaders in that, in the mid career phase. I'm a mid career leader. I've got 20 years left. Not me. Hopefully I only have three years left, five years left. You know, <laughs> you're retired on the boat. You know, that's the plan. But, uh, you know, I wish that for you, my friend. No doubt, brother. You know, <laughs> podcasting makes you wealthy. I said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I'm a, if I was a mid-career agency principal today that was perpetuating and buying in, I mean, I think your opportunities are significant. I think your challenges are significant. You know, I think you've got to figure out what does value look like going forward? How, what are, and so, yes, a leader that has that mindset that's, that's willing to take the current st status quo and be able to see the angles of today versus where it was is a big deal. And I mean, you know, I, I, these perpetuating folks that are buying agencies, man, I mean, if they're, if they're to me, they're brave, you know, and the ones that succeed are awesome, awesome business people, because you, it's not like it was 20 years ago where you could just do golf. I mean, you've yeah. got to be bringing capabilities. You've got, you know, all this employee engagement crap you got to deal with. I mean, you've got significant, uh, amounts of team overhead that you never saw before. And so I think that that's, you know, having that kind of ability to step outside your comfort zone and, and be scared a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I love that you say that because I think another key trait um, from, you know, managing and leading through a crisis is to be able to uh, accurately identify where people's fear is coming from. And then also be able to come around the other side of that and have the points in place where you can encourage resolve, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, leadership uh, among many things is always about setting priorities. When you're in a crisis, it's as much about sharing incoming information and setting new goals. And those goals may be in much shorter cycles, right? And I mean, talk about uh, agility. I mean, you might be, you know, really talking about goals that are now 24 hour goals or 48 hour goals or 72 hour goals versus this is what our, you know, five year objectives are. Sure. And I think in some cases that's smart money because I mean, again, it's in, in these situations in crisis, focus is hard. And if I'm focusing on something that's 12 months away, my focus is different than if it's, Hey, I need to get this done in three days. Let's knock this out. Let's drive forward. Then we can do X, Y, and Z, you know? So if I can set, if I can pick up the pace of my goal setting of kind of the, my requirements that just like the, your guy swapping the deck, right? I mean, the dude had to go swap the deck. It, it was his job to do. He, he gave him focus in times of, of need. It gave him that routine to be able to get stuff done purpose let's talk about lead.exe real quick brother before we wrap this thing up you bet what talk talk me through it i mean it's a podcast about leadership 
Well, we, we say that it's a podcast about leadership and technology and that we use both of those uh, themes in broad strokes. Uh, you know, some, some of our programs go a little heavier on the technology part. Uh, I would say the majority of our programs go pretty heavy on the leadership part. Uh, you know, part of the uh, incentive for us uh, to do this was like what you do with the Shurex, um, working through the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers. Nick and I have, uh, you know, been co-chairs, uh, really helping to facilitate thought leadership from top-level executives who are overseeing technology practices, you know, within our industry. And consistently, what we continue to run into is we're, we're dealing with, you know, really bright people, you know, really sharp minds and great technical acumen. But there's this gap in all of these other areas that Nick and I both just happen to be super passionate about. And that includes things like EQ. It includes, you know, those areas that you commonly hear termed the soft skills. And we love to characterize that as the essential skills, right? Mm -hmm. It's all the things that we've been talking about on the program today. How do you learn to navigate through the gray area? Because, you know, if you're a strong engineering type, typically you're really good with binary situations, right? It's where you introduce the gray area that people tend to get hung up a little bit. And depending on, you know, how mature the, uh, the you know, technology leader is that you're talking about, they can become outright confounded. Similarly, on the other side, you've got a lot of folks who have come up the ranks of organizations uh, not being uh, practitioners of technology. And yet, you know, as well as I do, Ryan, that today, every company is a data company, every company is a technology company, right? And so what yeah. you see is a lot of people who are, um, maybe they came up through marketing, maybe they came up through, you know, other parts of the organization, like operations, and now they find themselves overseeing a technology practice. And they're trying to learn, you know, the language of leadership equally about how do you really step into that kind of role. So those were kind of, you know, in broad strokes, you know, two of those sort of key target audience types uh, that we felt the program could really help benefit. And uh, honestly, you know, we've been doing it for just over a year and a half now, and it has, you know, just paid back in dividends, um, not, not money in the bank paid back, <laughs> right? but uh, in terms of the, you know, relationships that it's driven our way, um, opportunities, I mean, you know, here I am on your podcast, so, I mean, there's just been a lot of uh, incredible results that have come out of it. I dig that, man, I dig it. I, thank you so much for being on today. If people want to get a hold of you, brother, how do they do it? LinkedIn is the best place, you know, it's, uh, it's my home away from home. No doubt, man, no doubt. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much, listeners. Thanks for listening. This is Brian Comerford and Ryan Deeds talking about leadership today. Big shout out to Indio, www.useindio.com. If you don't know them, you should check them out. They'll make you cooler. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and ENO free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one on one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.